0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMath podcasting network. Tech fan podcast number 337 I'm Tim Robertson back from uh, working a lot and uh, David Cohen hey hello gotta say I really enjoyed uh, you and Owen's non-factual podcast last week that was a good one
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Huh? You, uh, you took issue with some of our opinions regarding the Japanese auto industry. Only in that you don't like the
0: look of the new Prius. I think the new Prius yeah. looks so much better than the old one. The other one was The old one sold well, don't get me wrong, but I just always thought it was this kind of bland looking. It looked like a lot of other cars out there whereas the new one is very distinct. I do get where you say the back one looks like the bad guy on Toy Story. <laughs> Um, but I I like it. I think it looks much more aggressive. I like the angular look. It doesn't look like anything else out there. Oh, Um, that's
1: true. But then, you know, But
0: you guys are not alone in your opinion. I had a customer last summer who came in and said, I was a sure purchase, but Toyota ruined the looks of it. And he will not buy one now. He's waiting for a new redesign. So, I mean, you know, styling is an objective thing.
1: Uh, of, of course it is. It's yeah, yeah. very subjective yeah. and, uh, you know, definitely beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But yeah. um, it
0: just, It's too just yeah. so bad that you guys have the wrong opinion as well.
1: Well, you know what? Being <laughs> wrong is uh, kind of my stock in trade, so.
0: So we, uh, you know, we're doing well selling cars, so nothing to report there. I'm doing pretty good. Good? That's...
1: Um that's very good to hear. So I'm glad that you're... Um, I don't want to jinx my what a how I'm doing this month, so... Right, okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad your absence was um, financially uh, productive for Toyota and yourself.
0: So we didn't do it Friday this week. We're doing this on Sunday afternoon, my time, Sunday getting on the evening on your time. Um, yep. Yeah, it's And that's because I actually switched my day off because Tuesday, this past Tuesday, was uh, Julie and I's... Fifteenth wedding anniversary. So congratulations! Well, thank you, thank you. Or condolences to her, of course. Uh, <laughs> we went out and had a nice dinner, um, fancy restaurant, and we ordered the same thing. That's, that doesn't usually happen, but we we ordered the same
1: thing, and it's pretty
0: good. Not bad.
1: Good. Had, had well, it's out. my uh, it's my good ladies and I's. Um, this is our uh, it, well. We've just gone through our eighteenth wedding anniversary, so. We're a couple of years ahead of you. That's a couple. Yeah. Uh, we've been together for 20, but we've been married for 15. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. We're about the same. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of things that, you know, I wanted to talk about. We've got notes that at this point are almost two weeks old or over two weeks old, but that's okay. I mean, the tech yeah. world moves quick and sometimes people didn't hear about something until they hear it from us. And uh, let, let's dig into this one. The first one I do want to talk about now I'm going to say three, four weeks ago, we talked about this YouTube star, Logan Paul, who did a video in a forest in Japan that is well known for people committing suicide in. And he filmed some poor soul who had committed suicide and kind of made a joke about it. Yep. Well, he's back at it again.
1: Uh, you, you know this just goes to show in my opinion, how a lot of the um using the air quotes here apologies you get from youtube stars i think I think we said this at the time are very much about kind of damage control rather than genuine heartfelt serious you know regret over what they did because again um, it 's all about the clicks it's all about the ads it's all about the revenue, and they feel that um the only way they can continue to keep their audience is to do more and more extreme things.
0: I don't know if it's just I, I, I agree that's a lot of it I also think that this guy is just incredibly stupid he's a good looking blonde guy with, yeah. and with a, a ripped body and so people are going to watch his channel
1: uh, he does, you know, he kind of has that, um, the, the demeanor as well is, is, um, if you remember, uh, Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent venture. Yeah. He kind of looks like, um, I think it was, it was, which one was the blonde I don't one, know. Ted? who cares? Or was that Bill? I don't know, who cares? Anyway, the blonde one anyway, the guy, um, mm-hmm. the blonde one from Bill and Ted, he right. he kind not, of has that demeanor. The Reeves guy. Yeah, he he looks like not all the lights are on.
0: Right. Uh, well, that's obvious. I mean, what he's been doing. So, <laughs> yeah. I also though want to squarely point the finger at YouTube and Google by extension or Alphabet. Here's what YouTube
1: said about this, and I'm not even going to get we, into should, what this. We day. should we should probably say what he did. Go ahead. So um, his latest, this video at the beginning of February involved um, tasering a rat uh, and then uh, eating uh, Tide pods, which yeah. I think we talked about previously. Well, he said
0: he, he yeah. said he was going to. He didn't actually do it. Yeah. So this is what YouTube said. He said uh, they said after <coughs> let me do it after considerable or I'm sorry, let me go back. After careful consideration, we have decided to temporarily suspend ads on Logan Paul's YouTube channel. This is not a decision we have made lightly. However, we believe he has exhibited a pattern of behavior in his videos that make his channel not only unsuitable for advertisers, but also potentially damaging to the broader creative community. So in other words, uh, you know what? You keep messing up. We're just going to turn off the ads. We're not going to stop you from posting videos. We're not going to ban you from the site, heaven forbid, because you get clicks yeah. and we want the clicks. So we'll punish you a little bit, but we're still going to benefit from your stupidity and horror, horrid behavior. We're still going to benefit from that. Us, ourselves, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and and again, I, I've to my previous com- comment about um, apologies that uh, are more about damage control than appearing heartfelt. You know, this guy is, and he's not the only one, PewDiePie and several other YouTubers have have shown themselves to be nasty, toxic, um, supposedly be reactionary and challenging, but actually they're, they're just, well, excuse my language, but dicks mm-hmm. in their YouTube videos. And YouTube's attitude has always been softly, softly, because they don't want to turn the, uh, the YouTube community, uh, creative against community them. against them right, because you know it 's a symbiotic relationship, but the problem is is uh, you know, what, one other word for a symbiotic relationship is a parasitic relationship, and I think both both um, YouTube and their creative community are feeding off each other. YouTube I enables agree. these people to become famous and, and in some cases um, quite wealthy, and in the meantime YouTube itself becomes wealthy on the back of it. Yep. Um you know, they never they're never, never going to really crack down because no. they're worried about you know, poisoning the golden goose.
0: Yeah, and backlash from the broader community and it that's going to happen no matter what. They got back, backlash from doing this to this guy. But you know yeah. what? If you don't have any morals, then this is the kind of behavior you get. YouTube is a is a company. They don't really care what this guy's doing they're just looking at the bad pr they're going to get because of what he did but they don't really care what he did
1: yeah it's just in the same way that twitter allows donald trump to say whatever the hell he wants because he's a well-known person right even though Whereas it's in fact, clearly if you or against i posted the those sort of, some of the things he says on our, our twitter accounts we would get banned right but
0: it's it's clearly against their terms of service the things that he exactly. posts i mean just yeah. the cyber, cyber bullying alone should get him banned but uh, he's a political figure uh, and look how many followers he has. And, and boy, every time he does something stupid, what do the media do? They say he tweeted. Oh, boy, they couldn't they couldn't pay for advertising like this. So, of course, I they're know. not going to ban him.
1: Yeah, it, it It'd is, it be is crazy. It's probably a world they did, but they're not going to. Yeah. Yeah, it is completely crazy, in my view. And um, it's wrong. Uh, but you know what? My, like many things in... In life nowadays, it's all driven by money uh, rather than being driven by um, kind of a true moral compass.
0: Yep. So Android Wear, this was an article in Ars Technica going all the way back to uh, February 9th. I thought this was interesting because we both have Apple Watches. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen a couple Samsung Watches in the wild, but not very many. If someone has a smartwatch and I see it, It's almost always an Apple Watch. I I think the smartwatch market now is an Apple Watch market, just like a tablet market is an iPad market. Yeah. The same is not true with phones. Um, But watches and tablets, that's Apple. And this article purports to blame Qualcomm (laughs) in that they have not upgraded the chips. And let's be honest, David, it's the chips in these smartwatches that really lend the functionality and and more importantly, the speed to accomplish the functionality of these watches really need to be, oh, I don't know, useful. And, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, if, if the, you're using two-year-old technology, technically it's three-year-old technology because it was developed for one year and then it was released in the first products, then the second products last year, and there's no update in sight. They're not doing anything. They pretty much do it. Yeah. It's not not a big enough market, so we're just not going to develop these chips.
1: Well, I I think that's that's kind of the core of it, really the 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 reason Qualcomm are not developing it is because these things are not selling in but the sort of numbers selling. that justify the investment. Right, but they're not selling
0: um, because they haven't made the investment to to make them functionally useful.
1: So it's well, it's what yeah, course, the first, the chicken it, or the egg? I, yeah, it, it certainly is chicken and egg. But having said that, Google's got some responsibility here as well because. You know uh, the whole Android Wear thing is 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 almost like an afterthought to them. Um, to be fair to I, I, look these these develop the current Android Wear watches are like the original Apple Watch. Yes, the original Apple Watch. If you compare it to what's available today, is terrible. It has terrible battery life, really slow performance, and the original software that came on it was pretty rubbish. To right. be honest, yeah, they completely revamped the OS. Uh, with the next version and they've updated the hardware so much so that i actually uh bought my my wife a new apple watch recently to replace the one she had purely because i said look the the new one it's not going to give you any really different features to what you use it for she uses it for notifications the occasional call um uh, and she loves the fitness tracking stuff i said the new one won't do that really much better than what you've got now. But you know what? You won't have to charge it every night if you don't want to. It, um, it is more robust, And, and it though. just responds really much, much quicker. Yeah, that's the part and, right there. The the yeah.
0: response of the Apple Watch, I've got a Series 2. Um, you got a Series 2 or 3?
1: I forget. I've got a Series 3.
0: Yeah. The, the responsiveness yeah. is just so much better. I mean, you can't even compare it to the original Apple Watch. But yeah. here is, you know, the whole... Google ecosystem when it comes to smartwatches never got past that 1.0 version. It did in software, but it didn't matter because the processors are just slow doggy. They get terrible battery life. How can Google really continue to
1: develop the software on subpar hardware? So what do they do? Google Google has the juice to sit down with Qualcomm and basically, help them to develop a newer uh, chip.
0: But let's not forget Qualcomm is not some small little company. They're huge. Qualcomm makes billions of dollars, but they're not willing to invest in the future of smartwatches. And it looks like Google isn't either. So at this point, isn't it
1: Apple and Samsung? That's it. Well, it's Samsung as well, because Samsung has basically looked at Android Wear and Android wear, said own. it's not just not good enough. So they went and, and used their own OS. And their own chips.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they outsourced some of them too. But the the point being,
1: it's a Samsung and Apple race in smartwatches now. Yeah. And, and of course, you know... So- all credit to Samsung for doing that, but reality, they are a very distant second to Apple um, They are,
0: but at least Apple they've done something that Google themselves haven't done. They, they've, they're they trying to push it forward. So I give yeah. them credit for that. I'm sure they've I, – I personally – I played with the Samsung Watch for a little bit, but not much. Um, it, like the Apple Watch, it's kind of a product in search of a market. Um Yeah. I still, You know, the the smartwatch thing, I don't know if it's really going to grow in functionality beyond what it really is right now. I think the restrictions on it, i.e. the size of the screen, have pretty much limited it at this point. I mean, now that Apple's new one has an actual cell phone radio in it, and you can make calls without having your phone with you, what more can they really do? It can stream music it can do your vitals, it can track stuff, GPS, there's not really anywhere for it to grow. Or if no, there I, is, I, I, it's going to be a third party that's going to come up with some amazing thing that it can do and it will take the world by storm, but I'm not holding my breath for that. I hope it happens, but I'm not holding my breath.
1: Yeah, I think I think that um, as voice interfaces improve, it's probably going to become more relevant um, and certainly as the chips in them become more powerful, it, it may be possible for the watch to control or to interface with more things than just your phone. So, um, you know, if you have if you have something in your car, if your watch can interface with your car as well as your phone at the same time, then that might be something that is of interest. Um, certainly if you could talk to your watch with more natural language type queries and get it to respond well, without relying on your phone, then I think that also will be something of interest. But I, I think we, we're going to need continued technical development to actually make that happen. Um, and looking at it from Apple's perspective, I think they're perfectly happy with the way it's selling at the moment, just doing the things it does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, there's probably not going to, I mean, Apple tends to focus on things and then drop focus and then focus on things and drop focus. And we may, we may be entering a period now where Apple just kind of leaves the watch as it is and says, you know what's good enough with diverting focus elsewhere. And it might be two, three years before they come back to it again uh, and look at at improving it. We shall see. I I think Um, what
0: you'll see is just simply new bands and better battery life. I think they'll continue to improve the battery life and slightly faster chips, but I agree with you there. are, it's not going to be a major focus going forward because Apple doesn't even know what to do with it, really. No, I what think it's Apple was doing.
1: surprised by... You know, they kind of threw stuff on the wall with the original one and see see what, it, what stuck. They thought that apps were going to be a much bigger thing on the watch than they actually were. Um, part of the problem, of course, was that the uh, original watch was just so underpowered that actually couldn't do very much with apps now the now the current version certainly series 3 is much more powerful and it probably could do something more functional with apps but the developer market moved on so um, you know you're probably not going to see an awful lot there no so let's stick with Apple for a minute here yeah I don't have the
0: home pods I have zero interest in getting the home pods I think just simply the restrictions alone and that it, it really only lives in Apple's ecosystem Unlike every other speaker on the entire planet, um, mm-hmm. I
1: have no interest in it. Well, I, I, I went to listen to one in an Apple store, and I'll tell you, the one thing, well, I mean, they made the, very much the right choice in focusing on the sound quality because it does sound really good. Yeah, but they didn't I mean, just even focus in, on the sound even in a busy Even in a busy Apple store, it sounds better than a lot of speakers um and also what, what i found amazing about it was in a loud apple store where it was playing loud music you could just stood in front of it and go quietly go hey the word uh and it heard you and responded straight away and dimmed the music it was it's a, technically it's a very impressive product um there's a whole you know issue about the restrictions and how big the market for it is and whether people really want to drop that sort of money on a quality speaker that just happens to do um serious stuff as well rather than something like the echo which is more um very much more focused on the voice assistant side or the google one well but do you think just it was- looking at it as, a, as a technical product it is it's it's an amazing technical achievement, and I do admire Apple for that, and um, well, do you think that I've got to be f- honest, if somebody gave me one, I'd be thrilled with it, I, I, I'm <laughs> even not though turn I'm one really down in the Apple system right now. Yeah, I'm not going to turn it down if someone offers, but do you
0: think the problem with the HomePod, honestly, and we'll get to why I'm bringing this up in a minute, Yeah. do you think that the problem is Siri is simply so far behind uh, Google Assistant and Alexa? I mean... I, I can't emphasize this enough. I I've used all three products now. A- Siri is uh, two generations behind at this point. It's almost embarrassing. Yeah. And the home pod quite honestly is showing the flaws of that shortcoming. It, it's because of Siri's lack of robustness and Apple's complete ignoring of Siri and, and, and what it should have done. But, and let's be honest, Apple started this whole yeah. digital assistant talking to your phone thing. I don't, for, for a company that's has a reputation, Apple does. I just simply don't know how they've fallen so far behind. Well, a- and, I'm pretty it's sure I know how they've done it. Well, I think you said it earlier. Cause they like, lose focus.
1: Yeah. It's about, it's about focus. They, for some reason, Apple has real difficulty and I don't know whether it's the way they're structured, whether it's the way they, the senior management, I, I've always kind of right, right back from the Steve job days. Uh, I've always got the impression that senior management ultimately kind of approve everything. Uh, and, obviously the problem is you've only got a certain number of people at the top of the company and they only have a certain amount of time. And I wonder if that's where the difficulty and focus comes from, because those guys only have enough time to deal with five or six different kind of meeting classes at a time where they're getting deeply involved with product decisions and everything outside of that, just people just don't get resources to actually concentrate on. Siri needs a large engineering team, working to improve it all the time. And it's not um, just hey. Siri in the clouds,
0: David. I'll give you a prime example. I'm testing a new phone from Sony right now. And of course it being from Sony, that means it's an Android device. Yeah. I simply sign into my Google account and it knows everything about me. So if I tell my Sony phone, um, give me directions to work, it will do so immediately. If I say, take me to work and avoid the highway, it will actually avoid the highway and take me to work. Now, you remember I bought an iPhone 8 Plus. Yeah. And I upgraded from my iPhone 6 Plus. Now, one of the cool features when I got my 8 Plus, it says, turn on the iPhone 6 and just hold them close together and it will pull all my data over. Yeah. I thought, all my settings and all that, I thought, well, that's, you know what, that is really clever. Now, mm-hmm. I understand it's using uh, near-field communications and, you know, the the Apple ecosystem, and it, it's, it just worked. So that's awesome. It pulled yeah. down my password. It, it I was like, this is great. Well, yeah. here's something that wasn't so great. Driving to work a couple of weeks ago, horrendous snowstorm. I mean, really bad. Uh, so many accidents on the highway, I'm taking the back way. Now, taking the back way in bad weather means... It's going to take me over an hour to get to work, but that's fine. I'm in the Sequoia. I'll get through. Yeah, but I'm there's no way I'm hitting the highway. So I I call up Siri and I say, Siri, take me to work and avoid the highway. What do you think the response was? Did it define what a highway is? Nope. Here, I'll do it right now. (laughs) Uh, Where's my phone? So this is what she says. Now, remember on my older iPhone, my iPhone six plus, if I did this, it would route me to work, but it would completely ignore the avoid the highway thing. Completely yeah. ignore it. No matter what I did, it would completely ignore that. And I tried 20 different ways. Do not take the highway. Nope. Yeah. Take me the highway. So this is what it says now.
1: I'm not sure I understand.
0: Oh, hold on. I'll do it again. Take me to work. Avoid the highway. I
1: don't know your work address. In fact, I don't know anything about you. In Siri settings, tap on my info and then choose yourself from your contacts. Then I'll know who you are.
0: Really? You, you don't know who I am? You pull all my data from my other iPhone and you don't know who I am? Seriously? Well, Yeah.
1: Well, that, that, is, that will be part of Apple's privacy thing. They don't the somebody somewhere thought, you know, if we do this, there is a risk that somebody could inadvertently clone your phone and take all your details. And so some of the stuff doesn't go over. I'll tell you my story relating to that same thing. You know, whenever I show anybody the kind of the NFC thing, everyone thinks it's really cool, but I set up my phone from scratch. Yeah. Um, this time I didn't migrate my data over from my old one. I, st- set it up from scratch and variety of reasons that i don't want to go into now why i wanted to do that so i go into my icloud settings yeah and i put in my password yeah and that's fine you put in your icloud password then what happens is every time a different part of icloud wants to touch icloud it asks me again yeah you gotta re-put in your password again Right. Like so, yeah, I now, now have device. a fairly long and complex um, iCloud password for a right. good reason, because, yeah.
0: you know, that's important. And now on so, Android, if you do the same thing, David, it will simply say, hey, can I use your Google info? And you just say approve. You don't have to retype yeah. your password in.
1: It's yeah, no, but, uh, Not only that, this is another uh, device that knows who I am because it has my fingerprint. Right. So what I would expect it to say is, Oh, I need to re-verify with iCloud. For a start, I mean, it tells you the, iCloud is not a single service. There's obviously different teams doing different things, and each time they have their own authentication channel, right? But, yeah, I expect it to say, oh, I need to resend your iCloud credentials. Can I just check your fingerprint to make sure it's you? Yeah. Yeah, and then it'd be fine. But, no, I have to type the damn thing in over and over and over again. It was about eight times. It, it got stupid. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Oh, by the way, the Sony phone that
0: I'm testing, you remember I did the uh, Sony phone like a year ago, the first Xperia? Yeah. This is the Xperia yeah. L2. Mm-hmm. Just got it, so I can't really say much about it yet. It's much larger than the other one. Um, So let's get back to why I brought up Apple and we started complaining about Siri. And it's not even a complaint. It's, it's utter disappointment, quite honestly. Yeah. Because David and I both you know, agreed to live in the Apple ecosystem. And Apple keeps putting these artificial barriers in the way of us effectively using these devices. Um, and yeah. Google, and to a lesser degree, Amazon doesn't put these barriers in the way. In fact, they're trying yeah. to to make it easier for people to use. It's almost like Apple is the new Microsoft with some of this stuff. It really is. And when I say the new Microsoft, yeah. I mean the Microsoft from the nineties and early in the mid two thousands. That's what, that's the Microsoft that I'm referring to. And that's what Apple is becoming, unfortunately. So they released the new iPod, the hot home pods. They sound great. Um, they completely screw themselves with releasing this product when Siri is just completely broken and, but they're getting good reviews. And then when it comes out, Oh, home pods are staining wooden tables with a white ring. Oh, how stupid, this is this, this is, is on- testing a product that they didn't test. Did you put this thing on a wooden table and test it? Let well, it sit there for two days and I, move I think, it? No, look, there's a white I ring. Think it's
1: worse than, I think it's worse than that. I, I've i got a strong suspicion that they did put it on the table. They saw the white rings and they kind of went, well, you know, it's going to happen that. Now, to be fair, Sonos does the same thing to a
0: lesser degree. And it's the oil in the rubber underneath, the plasticky rubber, whatever it is. I don't have one, so I assume it's rubber. Um, that... Leaks through and stains these tables, and it's sounding like it's pretty much a permanent stain. You're not going to get this out of the wood.
1: Well, uh, apparently, what it is something to do with um, it, it's it's any sort of wood that has oil in it. Pretty yeah, much and what wood. happens is the is the 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 bottom of the home pod is kind of displacing the oil. Right, um, there's some sort of thing there. And what happens if the the reason that I think that Apple thought they could get away with this is that if you move the HomePod. Uh, the oil starts to seep back in, so the white ring will fade over time. However, that's only if you've moved it kind of 24 hours after you put it down there. I right. suspect if you leave it on there for, I don't know, 12, 18 months, which is probably what most people would do. Right, you put yeah, your speaker in that, a spot that, and there well, it stays. That white ring is, isn't going anywhere. Right. And Apple's response when people felt like querying this was, oh, well, you could always have your table refinished. Oh. Which was such an an arrogant
0: asshole response. Yeah. Oh, it made me wonder if Steve (laughs) Jobs
1: came back. Uh, The last thing nowadays is, is when, when something like this kind of damages a done product is to be, is for you to be told, Oh, by the way, you're using it wrong. You need to fix it. Yeah. Even when, even when we as the company never told you about this problem and warned
0: you about it. This is the kind of problem that I think Apple should, immediately come up with a fix and do a complete recall on everyone that's been sold to replace the bottom of it with something that will not stain a fricking table, a table, yeah. a wooden table, the most common table in the world. And guess what? Most tables are stained. They have well, oil I in them the prob- to the preserve the wood.
1: The, the real issue with this is, is kitchen surfaces. This, a lot of people found this in kitchens. Um, and you know, you might, be charitable to think. Oh well, Apple were pushing that whole music thing. They probably never thought people would use it in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But except that's stupid because of course it people use them in kitchens. Yep. People should be able to use them wherever they want, without it damaging the furniture. Yeah, I. um, This is one of there the cases be, where I'm sure there's gonna be a class action lawsuit. And there absolutely and, uh, should uh, be. I would-
0: <laughs> I'm not usually in favor of the big lawsuit thing. There absolutely should be. <laughs> uh, their product yeah. is literally damaging. Look, do you know how expensive a countertop in a kitchen is? Especially if it's a real nice oak one or something. Are you kidding me? And their $400 speaker is destroying it? Now, some people, oh, that's a little, it's not destroying it. I'm sorry. If I had this speaker sitting on the counter for three days and I move it and it's got that white ring that doesn't wash out, according to my wife, we ruined it. More importantly, I ruined it.
1: It's very easy to, to um, uh, you know, put a hot coffee mug down and, and induce one of those white rings in the surface. And if you do that, yes, the person who cares most about the surface, which is often not not one half of a couple, let's just say it that way, yeah, is going to be pretty
0: mad. Pre- pretty mad. Yeah, and, and completely justifiably so. This this is yeah. not acceptable. Anybody who makes excuses for this behavior and we're apple guys. I own mymac.com. Okay, I've been writing about Apple since 1995. Yeah. Nobody's more of an Apple guy than me. There's a difference between an Apple guy and who loves this technology and, and what you can do with it, and more importantly, the community around it, hence Techman podcast, MyMac podcast, mymac.com. That, that's why I started all this stuff. It's the community, it's the users. Yeah. Anybody who defends this kind of practice by Apple is nothing but uh, a mindless fanboy. Yeah. There's no excuse oh. for this at all.
1: Can't disagree with you at all. Oh, just, no, it's I, I, know, I know it's, it's sometimes more fun for the listeners when you and I disagree <laughs> on things. But really, I, I, if there's anybody out there who thinks this is justifiable, I'd be interested in, in hearing your, yeah, let me know why justifications yeah. for it. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, absolutely not. I, if I got it, as I say, look, we've all had, there are various different types of products you can buy, which, you know, you want, you do, you are warned. You know, if you buy a bottle of bleach, it will say, <laughs> yeah, be careful where you use this, you know, may discolor surfaces. I mean, how many, pretty much every liquid product you buy nowadays will say, uh, you know, no matter what it's for, if it's cleaning screens or it's for cleaning clothes or it's for wiping down a surface, will say, Somewhere in the small print, it will say, you know, try in a, uh, you know, use use in a in an unobservable area to make to check for color fastness. Yeah, that's a standard warning. We don't expect that from hardware products. Right, exactly. It's you know, uh, and and certainly if they, if we if Apple knows the hardware product may do that, then they certainly should warn people. All they all they had to do was you know, or maybe even throw a paper disc in the box. Yeah, kind of like a you know a coaster or something like that, an apple coaster, and just say um, yeah, on certain surfaces you may you may want to put this underneath the home pod. Yeah, something you know. So
0: you posted the next article in the show notes in um, BBC News uh, Mobile World Congress. Why do yeah. smartphones so, so,
1: look so alike? Uh, and and I've been following the BBC's. Um, coverage of Mobile World Congress. Because, you know, the, the Mobile World Congress is the biggest smartphone show in the world. Yep. And uh, most of the news outlets send a tech reporter or something along to it to find out what the new devices are. Yeah. But the the industry as as a whole, and by this time meeting the press, seems to be deciding that um, smartphones are boring because they all look like black... It's a gloss. Well, there's some from a
0: design aesthetic. Phones haven't changed since 2007, David. Once Steve Jobs showed off the iPhone at Macworld Expo in San Francisco, pretty much the entire industry has just simply copied that design. Not only did they copy it, that design of the original iPhone completely obliterated. The flip phone market or the slider phones or any of those kind of well, the different designs that you're phones. starting to see. All of them.
1: The yeah. entire industry was just... All the phones. It even yeah. killed the BlackBerry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The BlackBerry, which at the time was one of the biggest sellers with the, the a keyboard. We call it a who, who wants
0: to use a phone without a keyboard? Right. We call it a CrackBerry because people are addicted to the damn things.
1: Yeah. That's how That's how yeah. big the BlackBerry market was. So th- there's two things that wind me up about this, Right. First of all is the whole point uh, the the real innovation that Apple made with the iPhone was that it's not about the hardware stupid it's the software it's the the reason it's a black plain bit of glass yeah that looks like a just a black slab and so it's because when you pick it up the software comes on and then that can be anything you want and you can change it even between different versions yeah, and it's what happens on the screen that's important, not what's surrounding the screen. Yeah, you, do we you all agree look that? like nice phones, but do you, you but, know but they but don't? Let's, let's stop do Do you agree with that?
0: Did you hear me? Say it again. I said it, you dropped out there. Yeah, I said, do you agree with that? Do I agree that it doesn't that, matter um, what they look like? It's the it's the software is what matters now.
1: Well, no, I, 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 think to it. It looks. It matters what they look like to an extent, but that, I don't think they all need to be weird and wonderful and all different, with bits sticking out and different shapes and different sizes and all of that sort of thing. I think the black slab is fine. You know, you, there are innovations going on in there. The Thross's the, the, the article is the innovations going on there are incremental. Well that's yeah. true. Oh the the sc- the screens are the screens are um getting slightly bigger but you can't really see that. That's you know, true too. It, 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 they're going about they're not radical forms but you know what we had a time when we had radical forms before the iphone came along and you know they even say here the tragedy is that we had two decades of incredible innovation with flip phones candy bar phones sliders round phones square phones all kinds of different things said ben wood from the console cccs insight but what ben Wood seems to have forgotten is all of those phones sucked but here's uh, here's my issue with
0: Your take on that? I agree with him and you. I agree that all those phones sucked. And that we were buying them based on the hardware, i.e. what they looked like, how cool they looked. And then when the iPhone came out, it was all about the functionality. And that, of course, functionality, let's be honest, for many people, destroyed the, the appeal of the aesthetics. But we've gone a decade at this point with a slab and is innovative as we're getting with GPS and taking photos, uh, filming entire feature films with these things. Um, every app you can possibly imagine, entire ecosystem, billions of dollars being created by the app industry. Um, it is getting a bit boring. It really is. And I'll give you a, an, a, an example, a personal example of what i mean you remember in the uh the matrix when Mm -hmm. when Neo gets the first phone call yeah yeah and that little phone the the slide yeah
1: that was uh i had one of those yeah they called yeah i had one of those
0: yeah that one was a motorola but nokia is making the same phone again they call it the banana phone which is stupid just call it the matrix phone i mean come on um Mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna make it again and I saw that, and yeah. I was kind of excited. I thought, "Oh, that's cool." but they're using old type software, and I'm like, "Ugh, okay, see now that's now, Nokia, you're being stupid. Here's what you do. You marry the functionality of a current phone, the the monolithic rectangle, that functionality, the software, the hardware, uh, inside the phone to a cool design like this, give people something different, get someone excited about something again. Yeah, the, 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 there's, there's no
1: volume in that. That's the problem. How do we know? Right. No one's doing it. Actually, you can't say BlackBerry that. BlackBerry has no actually volume. tried this. BlackBerry I've had a, a an Android phone from BlackBerry that had a slider on it with but a keyboard he, that came he, out. Here's the thing. problem, David. And, You're and, talking and, about, and it was a great phone, but nobody bought it. Right, but that was six years
0: ago. At, when, no, this when, wasn't six years ago, this is about three years ago. Well, but that's but still, still at, at the height was. of the whole app ecosystem. I think at this point after a decade, I think people are thinking that the phones are getting kind of boring. Uh, I'm well, not sure yeah, on the iPhone side. The issue, Most people I don't
1: issue, really care. Yeah, I, I don't think people want to learn something new. Oh, I, I yeah? disagree. 100%. They want to use what they want to use, and you know these these phone, these weird and wonderful phones. Everyone, will tr- if everyone tries them, they just won't make any money. How do you know? Because I because people have tried the android ecosystem does have innovation it does have different form factors it does have different types of phones different materials everything like that and and it's a fragmented ecosystem none of these things rises up to the top yeah the, the only ones that sell consistently well are the black slabs because that's what people feel comfortable with. Because I think, you know, most people don't buy a phone nowadays based on what it looks like. They want to know, what can it do for me? Does it take great pictures? And, and I think they're perfectly comfortable with the black slab because this black slab just works. I
0: disagree. I think that you're, you're arguing for where the cell phone industry was before the iPhone Oh, Apple, It's what's a computer company going to do making a phone? It, people just want to pick up their phone and make a phone call. This is uh, makes no sense at all. It, it, and they're going to have an expensive phone when phones cost 99 cents? This is crazy. But Apple shook up know. the industry. I think that can happen again. And I think it can happen when you marry what Apple did to the phones, i.e. the functionality, with some cool new designs. I think it could once again, spark a lot of interest and not just phones, but tablets as well. I think that the design aesthetic has stagnated. I think the rest of the industry is simply following Apple's lead since they've all done for the past decade. And they did that before in the computer industry as well. Um, I mean, think about when the, the iMac came out, every freaking PC maker out there had an iMac clone. Every one Mm -hmm. of them did. Uh, and then when Apple comes out with a cool laptop, they all just copy
1: what that is. Well, you know what? I don't. I really don't have a problem with that. If the design itself actually works. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd be absolutely happy if Apple innovate on a new phone design. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm saying if they come up with something new, because I know they'll do it properly. What I'm not remotely interested in is having 15 different Chinese or Korean companies trying to innovate by basically throwing rubbish features in because i've been there we've done that and basically all of those phones were garbage they were difficult to use yeah they didn't work well and some of the things people did was so was was so counterintuitive to what people wanted to use the phone for that it just didn't make any sense.
0: I agree, so, but see you, you know, I ignored the phone. I'm part not that interested in going
1: back to that just for the sake of giving journalists something interesting and new But to that's talk not about.
0: what I said at all, David. I said marry the functionality of the current phones, what they can do
1: with some cool new designs. Some yeah, hard, but some I, I, I'm only interested in a big company doing that and doing it well. But, and but the I only don't one have that will any do faith that, that is most Apple. of the companies at Mobile World, World Congress can do that. No, they won't because
0: every one of them runs their yeah. business scared. Every single one of them. None of them innovate. Oh, we've got this camera. And oh, look, we've got image stabilizer. They None of them are doing anything. They just copy whatever Apple does. That's it. That's all they do. No, you could. Well, what about Samsung? Because there's an
1: element element in in this criticism that's saying, oh, well, cars are boring because they've all got four wheels and a steering wheel uh, and a a trunk at the back and an engine at the front. And, you know, why can't people innovate and do something a bit bit different? The reason that, that cars have that layout is because it pretty much works. And I, I think part of the problem with this is that the black slab with a big screen that dominates the display and focuses the user on it, with a few bits and pieces around the outside, it, it just kind of works. It's you know, and I, so I think according you can to try that logic, change, though, you can try and change that, and and ninety percent of the time, when you try and change that, you will worsen the experience. So rather, so than, according to
0: your own logic, then you should love the new Prius because functionality it does a lot more than the old. And the aesthetics don't matter, David. So you and Owen should love the new Prius because it does more than the old Prius does. Well, that's, I, think, I think the aesthetics of a car are very different from a phone. And I agree with you. And that's why I think that they need to get back to some aesthetics on the phone. They need to make it more exciting because they are getting boring. It's getting boring.
1: It's just a slab. Uh, if, yeah, it's if, a if, side, You, you can take... stick a nice case on it and then you've got some customization. Yeah, oh, goodies. It's well enough for most people. I'm sorry. On this one, I think you are wrong. No, I, I disagree. I think most people will agree well, with me. I think, you would disagree, I think but, most but people would like disagree. something
0: cool and new. I think they want to get excited about something. I think the entire technology industry as a whole is getting a bit boring because nobody is innovating anything at all when it comes to the design aesthetics. And as humans, we like nice designs. We always have. Always have. So let's, let's rename the podcast to tech ball. You know, the thing is (laughs) what gets people excited is what they physically see.
1: Yeah. Right. White rings on the tables. That's, that's (laughs) innovative. It's new.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I think that, we need some new blood in some of these companies, and I'm looking at Apple to be honest. That's going to come up with some new ideas. Johnny Ive's has been brilliant for 20 years. I would love to see his successor take over and come out with some new ideas in computers, and phones, and watches. Um, I the iPhone, the the Apple Watch, it's by far the best that's out there. It's also the boor- most boring looking.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know, I I, want to see some new designs. Why do people get all these different watch bands? Because it makes it look cooler. It makes it look different. Because if all we cared about was aesthetic, we'd all just keep on.
1: Maybe that's the beauty of it. You have something plain and functional in the middle. And then it's the stuff around the outside that allows you to innovate a little bit. Well, thank you. Then you disagreed with me. Keep the functionality and and making... And having to have a case on the end. No,
0: that's, what no. that's
1: not what you said. You said, keep <laughs> the inside and, and the same. I, I was looking at my watch keep when the I said it, I thought, there. You know, keep, keep, the, keep the watch in the middle perfectly, just as it is, and then change
0: your strap. No, that's not what people they want. To, if Apple came out with a star-shaped watch, it would be all the rage, because Apple did it. Now, you and I would be like, well, that's stupid, because the ends are going to poke your skin. It's a, a star is about the worst kind of shape you can put on your wrist but there's going to be a whole bunch of people who would love it. If Apple came out next year with a round watch, people would love it. Oh, my God, that's so cool looking. It's it's like what an actual watch is. That's like a amazing. a watch. Yeah. yeah.
1: To be honest with you, I think the next time Apple updates the Apple Watch, that's exactly what they will I, do. I, got it, I,
0: got a, I think the next big upgrade, I think you're right, it's going to be round because yeah. it's so much more comfortable. It looks so much – I'm sorry. There's a couple of sa- round Samsung watches that just – From a design, a purely design aesthetic, because the, let's be honest, the software is garbage from a design aesthetic looks so much better. You marry that with an Apple watch innards. Now you've got a winner. That's all I'm saying about the phone. We need something different, something there's only so far you can really take the camera and the fingerprint technology and the face recognition. And all of that is cool. And they can continue to innovate there, but give me something different looking, do something.
1: Everything is just boring it's just boring yeah i i as i said i i i I think sometimes people need to be careful what they wish for because i don't want to go back to the time when everyone was trying to innovate by you know well we can't copy anyone else we've got to do something new because then you end up with just a load of garbage and and i feel sorry for the people who get stuck with that garbage
0: here's here's the argument to that is it's that mentality that leads a company like Apple to come out with the iPhone originally and completely disrupt that industry. And I think we need that again. I think we're kind of getting towards that point where all the phones, just like, like garbage. They're just all the same. Even the innovative iPhone 10 looks exactly like any other phone. If the screen's not on, you can't tell the only way I could tell if someone's got an iPhone or not, if I can see the back of it in the camera, that's the only way I can tell now. But they're they're all yep. the same. Who cares? They're just boring. Right? How about something different?
1: Yep. Well, I I I I'm, I'm not sure I agree completely. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I really can't agree completely. I want to be you. excited I, I think about it. Having again, the David. press baying for innovation is um Well, I think he not, wrote it in think, a way that I don't think that's helpful. No,
0: I don't think this guy really understands what he's asking for. I think what this article really kind of demonstrates is simply a, a, a frustration of how boring the industry is from a hardware design aesthetic. And we need something shaken up. We need something different. We need different looking laptops. We need different looking tablets. We need different watches. We need different phones. Give us something. The, the entire industry, in my opinion, from a purely design aesthetic is stagnating. It's just stagnating. It's getting boring. I mean, one of our big things that we do every week here on TechFan David is what? Wiki trolling, which is what? Looking back at cool yep. new technology. Because back then the innovations were coming fast and furious. It was so exciting. Your phone even agrees with me. It's it's it does, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh thank our sponsor here real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. That was- oh, it's really quite insistent. Yeah. Uh, on my phone, I have this thing that will turn off the ringer. You
1: should you should get one of those phones that have a, a mute um, switch. Un- right? Unfortunately, it's, it's actually do not disturb mode, but uh, that's my wife trying <laughs> to FaceTime me, and apparently she can get past do not disturb. That is weird.
0: Uh, <laughs> OWC has a... Uh, I, this is kind of cool, David. What do you do if you've got an old peripheral, a... a usb printer but you've got the new macbook that doesn't have one of those usb type a or type c plugs in it what do you do well you can buy a hub but that's going to cost you at least a 100 bucks right or the mini ones 75 bucks i just want to plug this yep. printer in and i don't have to have it plugged in all the time in fact i just need to plug it in for five minutes so i can print out this report and then unplug it because i hardly ever print anything right So Uh just I just want to plug it in for just a second. Well, here you go. OWC's USB Type A, which is the uh, female end, to USB Type C adapter. Perfect. That's exactly what people want. Eight dollars and seventy nine cent. That's innovation. That's cool. It's something very simple. It serves a purpose. It's not an, ex- it's not expensive at all. And you only need one, right? Yep. I, this is a brilliant yep. product. I didn't know that this adapter existed until, uh, I was looking at, uh, Larry's, um, garage sale type of email that goes out his email blast. And I saw this and I went, I didn't know there was a cable. I, you just use this cable. So if you've got yep. something that you just need to plug in temporarily for. Ma- an hour at the most, as long as your computer's charged up already,
1: plug this in, plug that thing in, good to go. Perfect. Well, this is, yeah, yeah. if you, if you have a MacBook which only has one USB-C port, then this is perfect because you can use this to connect anything else to your MacBook, yep. um, particularly flash drives and things like that. Which obviously most of them don't come USB-C. Um, or maybe
0: and, you're uh, a uh, you
1: know uh, Apple. Uh, Apple sells an adapter to do the same thing, but it's much more expensive.
0: Exactly, so. and it's just an adapter. Come on, Apple. I mean, let's be honest. We already know the Apple stuff is, is going to be way more expensive because it have, has the Apple logo. But uh, yeah, I think there's twenty bucks. Yeah. So um, half the pr- less than half the price. So yeah. we want to thank ODBC for coming out with this really cool adapter and for sponsoring TechFan. You want to take a break real quick so you can call your wife back? Uh yeah. Not that the listeners will know, but we took a little pause break right there. So David, you're uh
1: you're uh, in London, yeah, or just at the home office. Yes. You're no, yeah, I'm 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 in the Westminster, the <clears> beating heart of government. Now you told me
0: we made a big deal two weeks ago that you finally got real internet in your house. Yeah. But you kinda sent me a, an ominous text. What's going on with that?
1: Uh Mac on the slow internet again. I'm glad I never cancelled it. Why? Um, what happened? So 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 I I bought yeah, it was about two, three weeks ago I bought that that thing and it was great. Everybody loved it. But we had a two hundred gigabyte cap on the data. So I was keeping a pretty close eye on it to make sure. I never thought we would go anywhere near that, but I was keeping a close eye on it to make sure. Uh, and the middle of, well, this, this would be, yeah, uh, just so, uh, just over a week ago now, um, I checked the data usage, and the, the, the router keeps an eye on what you're doing. And it said we'd used 52 gigabytes of our 200 gigabytes. And that was in a couple of weeks, and I thought, well, that's great. That's kind of what I expected, and um, that'll be good. Two days after that, my son comes to me first thing in the morning on a Sunday morning and says, the, um, the internet's not working. And so I go online, and basically the router said that we've used all our data up. Wow. So in two days, it reckons we went from 52 gig usage to the whole 200 gigabytes. How does that happen? Well, I, it, it can't. It just can't. We don't have, for a start in our house, we don't have any computers on all the time. The only computers we have in the house now are laptops, and only a computer can go through that sort of data. An iPad, iPhones just can't. It's just impossible. They, you know, they can't download that sort of stuff. The only thing we had done is the day before we'd streamed. My my wife had binge watched um, about half a season of Grey's Anatomy. So so I look at I I I, I go online through my phone. I look at how much data um, Amazon Prime Video uses. And even at the best setting, which I checked and she wasn't on, it, it would only use about uh, 5 gig an hour. Right? So I, I said, how much, you know, we kind of sat down and calculated how many episodes she watched. And the episodes are only 42 minutes long. So we came up and she watched maybe 6, 7 hours of video. Yeah, well, that, that wouldn't go up to 150 gig a either. That would so, be 1,260. 1,260. I don't know. You said forty-two minutes. Oh, okay. Forty-two minutes, and yeah, about ten hours. So, so yeah, four hundred twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, four hundred twenty minutes, and the most that they'll do is what? Five. Gigs it was an about hour.
1: five gigabytes an hour.
0: Uh, so five. Uh, well, there before. So one point two five gigabytes per quarter hour. Yeah, <clears throat> and. 42 minutes. So that would be three. Yep. Yeah. There's no way.
1: And um, she watched 10. So there's about 30, 35 gigabytes at the absolute most. Yeah. Let's call it yeah. 45. Let's so, call it 40. So you should be at 95, yeah. maybe a hundred gigabytes used. Exactly. So I call, I call up EE the supplier. Um, and the guy who wants the phone, and tech support agrees with me that there's no way I could have gone through that day. So there must be a fault. So then he goes on to second-line technical support, who, who don't speak to me. He speaks to them. And he comes back about after about five, ten minutes and says, well, the network says you used the data. And I said, look, this just is not possible. You even told me it wasn't possible. Well, well, the, the guys at second-line tech support say that you've used the data. So I said, well, what, what, what can we do about this? So anyway, he says he gives me uh, five gigabytes free. Uh, and then a £20 credit to allow me to buy more data. But in the meantime, I've, I've said to my wife, I said, we need to return this thing. This is no good. And I'm, I'm worried at this point, I've had it over two weeks, I'm worried that they won't take it back and they'll hold me to an 18-month contract. Um, so anyway, the thing is, is they gave me that five gig of data. I checked the following morning and we hadn't used the internet because obviously everyone in the house was like fairly shell shocked that this had happened. Yeah. So nobody had really used anything. We hadn't streamed any TV. We'd, um, you know, a couple of kids, the, the kids iPads, they'd actually turn them off. They would turn the wifi off. I checked the following morning and of that five gigabytes, it said two and a half gig was gone and we hadn't done anything. Hmm. So I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, <clears throat> you know, there is something fishy here and yeah. I do a bit of searching Uh, And I find several reports, not hundreds, but, you know, quite a few anecdotal reports of people complaining the same thing. Oh, the network says I'm using data and I'm not. And my data's running out and I don't know how it's happened. There was one guy, he'd actually been away for five days. And all the stuff in his house had been turned off. And he came back and he'd, he'd gone through five gig of data. And they would not have it, they couldn't have done it. So anyway, I went back to the store with the device explained what happened to the manager there and i said look i can't have this if it if i can't rely on it i said there's no point in paying for all that data if the network just kind of hoovers it up when i'm not using it anyway he kind of agreed with me he was pretty nice about it so anyway they they got me out of the contract thank god Hmm. but that means i'm now back on crappy two gig dsl uh though that actually seems to be a little bit faster um, I've I've kind of rejigged the Wi-Fi um, and tried to make sure that we're not getting too much interference from the neighbors next door um, and stuff like that. So it actually does seem to be operating a little bit faster, but it's still nowhere near what we had with the 4G router. So we're all very sad. Yeah, I could imagine that's. But you, the the problem is, is, is you know, when when you, when you have this situation, it's you against the network carrier. And the network carrier says, well, our systems say you've used all this data. And you, you, you just kind of think, well, if you can't rely on them metering what you're doing, you know, and I did say to them as well, I said, look, this is stupid. You're saying that I've used all this data, but your device does not tell me what Wi-Fi um, devices have have used the most data it doesn't give you any granular detail at all it just basically gives you like a a number and i said if you're going to accuse people of of sucking all this data up you've got to give us devices that'll actually allow you to see what devices are doing that right they said well you've got you've got to monitor on a device by device basis but how do you do that
0: Mm, yeah it's pretty impossible you know
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly – I mean, it, it was a difficult thing for me to think about doing. I was thinking about maybe put a, a box in front of it or something or maybe a, a Raspberry Pi running um, a, a Linux router or something so I could actually see that. But for a non-technical person, you've just got – it's a non-starter. And so yeah, you're to have you, a position you where they, they're going to say, wi- all right, more money, please, because you've used all your data up.
0: Right. You might be able to get a Wi-Fi sniffer on your phone uh, as long as you're on the Wi-Fi network and see which devices are actually connected to make sure that they're all your devices. I did that. I did
1: that because because I could see I could see all the Wi-Fi devices on the on the router, and I I could check MAC addresses. So I did that to make sure. But the thing is, I the, like for instance when we went with the five gig, they said, "Oh, maybe somebody's piggybacked on your network. So try changing all your passwords." I thought, well. This wasn't an old old SSID. I, I set up brand new SSIDs and new uh, long Wi-Fi passwords when I set this device up. I thought it fairly unlikely that within that time, somebody within range of the device could have hacked my network to the point that they could piggyback on. But when they gave me the five gig, I reset all the Wi-Fi um, passwords and re- set up brand new SSIDs that had nothing to do with the old ones. And still, the two and a half gig disappeared overnight. So there was no way that was hacking.
0: I've got a iNet scanner on my iPhone. I hardly ever use it. In fact, I just launched it. The last time I used it here was a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and it's even on the wrong... Wow. It's on the wrong one. Um, so in Battle Creek, we have uh, the Battle Creek Police Department, which is um, BCPD. So mm-hmm. on my airport, which is password protected, it's you know, it's named airport and that's pretty yeah. much what everybody's on. Oh, I see what it's doing. It's piggybacking on that. Um, I got to check to see which Wi-Fi network. This says that I'm on. Oh, well, it says it's, I'm on the other one. Okay. Oh, that'll explain it. Um, so I'm connected on my phone, which I, I don't remember connecting to, but it just did it automatically with the Comcast Wi-Fi router, which I don't use because yeah. I connect my, uh, the, that router hardwired into the airport and everybody connects to the airport. Yeah. Even though I think the one in the uh, the Comcast one is more robust, I just don't trust it. Yeah. Um, but I renamed it. <clears throat> I renamed it uh, BCPD-Narcotics-Unit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that either makes you, either puts people off or it makes you more of a hacking target, depending <laughs> on the mindset of the person looking at it. In, in my area, put people off.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got nineteen hosts in my scan. I can see the yep. airport, which is running four services. I see uh, computers, although some of these haven't been on for a long time, so I don't know why it's scanning those. Uh, it's got the play, It's got the first generation iPad. It's got my iPhone 8 Plus, which is what I'm on, the iMac, my wife's computer, the Apple TV. Most of them are just listed as IP addresses. Like, for instance, I know Cole is on, just not too far away from me, on his iPad, but that's not showing up. It is showing the iPad first generation, but that's not the one he's using, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I've got 19 units all on my network right now. Now, this will not show me uh, traffic.
1: At least I know what's on Yeah, there. but my argument to, to EE was if you are going to sell a device that is a router that routes to the 4G network with a data cap on it, yeah, it it seems a bit stupid that it can't actually monitor per device that's connected to it the bandwidth that's being consumed. If you're then going to turn around and accuse your um, your customers of having used up all that data and yet you can't get any information about what device did that. Because, of course, every customer who's in that situation, if they, if, you know, particularly a non-technical one, they might go, oh, well, maybe I did. I didn't realize that. Can, you, can we try and figure out what device that was so I can make sure that that doesn't happen again next month? Right. And they can't help you do that nope. because the device doesn't have the smarts in it. Well, plus, you, you, you I'm sure
0: your network was password protected to begin with.
1: Of course it was, okay. yeah. Hmm. So of we're running it was with a, a long password. So there's right. no way anybody got on my network. No. That's just, you know, I'll tell you what's wrong is their network, um, monitoring their bandwidth tool. monitoring the software is wrong. Mm-hmm. It makes mistakes. So let's, uh, it's, we've been
0: over an hour already. I do want to get to our Wikipedia since you guys didn't do one last week. So we'll kind of make this one quick. Yep. Uh, and this was completely random, and it's the Intellivision. So the Intellivision was a video game system. And it was cartridge-based, like the Atari. Uh, it came out in 1979. And, and it really... It hit the test market in 79. but it really was released for $299 um, or £199 in uh, 1980 in the North America. And you guys got it over there in the UK in 81. Uh, they sold over yeah. 3 million units uh, from 80 to 83. And actually, this thing lived quite a long time. Um like up to 1990, but it—I don't even count those. I mean, past '83, it really wasn't the Mattel electronics it was, and television.
1: It was, the, it was the big. There was the big video came, great right. game crash in '83. The home video came right. crashing. So you know they didn't really sell many after that. This was a cool system, and what I remember. But
0: I never owned an television. It's actually one. Do of you those, have one now in your collection? No, that's it's. I know that's rare for me. I don't have an television. Uh, I always wow. mean to pick one up. I just every time I think about getting one, I look online. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to spend that much money for an television, <laughs> um, and even that are not expensive. But I just figure I'll find one at a garage sale or second hand store for twenty bucks one day, and then I'll have one. And it's not like they're rare. I mean, you know, of the three million units they sold, a million of them are probably still floating around. Yeah. Um, but it was Mattel. Mattel, of course, was um, a toy company. And they started an electronics line for handheld games. Now, I think that they're handheld games with no evidence to suggest otherwise. I didn't look this up. But I would suggest that, or I would guess, that their handheld line was the big moneymaker for Mattel Electronics. I remember those little football games, basketball games. You pick them up for 20 bucks back in the yep. 70s and 80s. I, I had three or four of them. Uh, those were pot. You saw those things everywhere, but uh, yep. the Intellivision,
1: when it came out, their games looked better than what the Atari just did. Well, it had much better graphics than the Atari. It was a much more powerful system than the Atari, um, so uh, it, it certainly was. I I remember, around about the time this was out, kind of eighty one, eighty two. Um, that was that was when I started spending my summers in the U.S. Yeah, uh, and I I. Used to get a video games magazine called uh, Electronic Games Monthly. Oh, I remember that. Uh, God, yeah, that was a great magazine. And, oh, I, lo- I love that magazine. Yeah. In fact, I've, uh, the copies I had, I read over and over and over again. But that, but that was the thing. The Intellivision, before the ColecoVision came out was the television was really the big uh, competitors, to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. It absolutely was. Um, yeah, and the ga- the The thing is, the games looked a lot better. But what the downside for the Intellivision was the controller was weird. Well,
0: Um, yeah, it was a disc. It was a round disc uh, at the bottom, and it was a 16 – was it 8 or 16? uh, 16 directional pad, and it had 15 buttons above it.
1: It looked like Like a a a
0: remote control.
1: Yeah, it had a numeric keypad on it. And the the idea, as I recall, was that for each game, you kind of slid a um, a cardboard thing into that so that it would then – yeah, so that, so that you would uh, you would have con- extra controls, you know, e- extra dedicated buttons to the games, which sounds like a great idea. And it had buttons but I, on the I, side, I, I too. It, but the problem was the disks were not terribly ergonomic. Well, and so, they also
0: weren't accurate, because the times I played it, yeah. it was just terrible. I just couldn't get it to yeah. go where I wanted it to go. And some people so you just got to get used to it. Well, I didn't have to get used to the Atari. It was up, down, left, and right, and a button that said fire. Yeah. I mean... Come yeah. on. This is it
1: seemed overly I, complicated. I remember, yeah, some people sold kind of stick-on discs that went on top I remember of the stick those coming up. Yep. It's trying to, turn it to joystick. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I always thought yeah. the television it, was cool. And of course it had the the faux wood grain on the front just like every other electronic piece that went anywhere near your wood grain television at the time. But I always That's thought great. it was just cool. I liked the way the controllers looked. It looked more sophisticated than the atari it didn't look as much like a toy as the atari did but man it, you know there was no way i was getting one of these because my parents already got me an atari and good luck yeah. them spending that much money and,
1: and, and you know the software the software library just wasn't as good no it was... um there were a few arcade style games that came up, that came out for it but the big i remember the big thing in television was sports yes the, all the sports games were the big deal um, and well, because it had better graphics, the Atari the sports games were better than the Atari sports games. Yes, they were. Yep. But what I find interesting looking at this Wikipedia article is the biggest selling game for it was um, after uh, Major League Baseball was the uh, poker and blackjack game.
0: No, that, no, that <laughs> but, was that was ahead of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Las Vegas poker. Well, the reason that it was is because that was the pack-in game. Oh, right, okay. At the oh, launch of the enough. system, that's the game that came with it for free for a couple of years. Um, and Major League Baseball, you actually had to purchase. So if you look at just buying games, it was, it was Major League Baseball. But if you pop in the the pack-in game, it was poker. Now, people didn't buy the Intellivision to play the poker game. They they really didn't. Um, but they did because yeah, that's the free game that it came with. Um, but you compare that to something like the Nintendo Wii. People bought the Wii just to play bowling, Wii Sports. Yeah. That's why they wanted the Wii. Um, that wasn't the case back then. Um, yeah. It, it was an interesting – look, $299 does not sound like a lot of money now. But if you take it into account inflation, it was over $1,000 yeah, today. Yeah, that was big money back then. That was huge. Um, You know, it went through, what, four different versions, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard but, of these other versions. I do. I, I remember I, the one, but I, I remember seeing the white one. Um, there was one that was like a, a a keyboard you can get for it too. Oh yeah, there it is. It was named the Blue mm-hmm. Whale. Uh, I I never saw one of those in person, but I remember seeing it. Yeah. And but they had this thing called the Intellivoice. Now it didn't work with hardly any games, but that I remember that was fascinating to me that you could plug in this module and then there was it was talking and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Intellivision too was the one that I remember after the original. If you scroll down, you'll see it. It's white. It yeah. looked like an NES, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one that I looked at a few times buying online. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? If I'm going to get the Intellivision, maybe I'll just get the original because that's it's just classic looking. You know, I mean, yeah. the gold disc and uh, the wood grain and you know, that's that's the Intellivision. The little white one was just, eh, yeah. didn't do it for me. But, yeah, that was the Intellivision. The, uh, it was a popular game system at the time. I think the ColecoVision, when it launched, pretty much quickly became the number two because
1: its graphics blew everything else away. Yeah. Um, and, and its pack game they also was Donkey had, Kong. Um, they also had all the arcade ports, which uh, which came to Intellivision later, but initially they launched with, you know, kind of a, um, an, a relatively, by home game standards, close to... Oh it's well, arcade quality version of Donkey Kong.
0: Yeah, well, the Donkey Kong was a pack-in game with the ColecoVision. I do have a ColecoVision, actually. I've got two. Right.
1: Um,
0: and the the Donkey Kong version that came with the uh, the ColecoVision was really, really a good game. I mean, it was about the closest you could possibly imagine playing at home that was so much like uh, the one in the arcade. But of course, the television had many of the same features that the television: a keypad. Um, But they had this round dial joystick thing on theirs, which is slightly better, but still cumbersome compared to the Atari. Atari and Nintendo just got the control schemes just right. Everybody else, for a long time, uh, will make it like a TV remote. And, you know, you get different buttons that do different things. And, hey, hey guys, your audience is 8-year-olds. Hello.
1: (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, that's right. um, The big thing I remember, I always had a hankering for with the Intellivision was because i was really into the tron movie oh yes um and particularly the idea of you know they they used to battle with frisbees in in tron um and they had a they had a disc battling game on the Intellivision. i always thought that would be really cool to have i'm sure if i played it today i'd be quite disappointed but there you go
0: well I, <laughs> uh, internet org probably has the game you could play right in your web browser
1: yeah, I I, I may um, I may spin it up on one of my emulators just for kicks. Yeah, why not?
0: So yeah. that is Tech Fan for uh, this week episode three hundred thirty seven of these things. Now, David, it's pretty good know, for the, it's new still show. the new show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to Owen for stepping in last week. I really, yeah. I'll be honest, I I really enjoyed listening to you guys last week. Um, it was fun.
1: Yeah, um, I love talking to Owen. He's uh, he's great.
0: I, I think it's uh, uh, refreshing to to for one of us to step out every now and then and to get somebody else in. Just give a different perspective, a little different sound. Um, but to be honest, you know, listening to you guys, boy, I, I was just wishing I was there when you guys were talking. So let's get home, <laughs> Owen back on here with us soon because uh, it's always fun. Um, cool. so looking for everyone's feedback. Let us know what you think about the whole design aesthetics and how stale it is on the cell phone market. Or do you agree with David? You don't care about what the phone looks like as long as it does all the whiz-bang things that you come to expect on a phone. Um, or do you think, hey, Tim's right. All those things are cool, but yeah, let's make it cool again. Let's make it cooler. Um, so, in other words, you know, let me know I'm right and David's wrong. Uh, you can do that by sending an email to the show at techvanpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's The uh, Techman Podcast. And, of course, we are up there on the Facebook. We've got some followers on Facebook, but... You know, never any comments or anything for the most part. Uh, Donnie, oh, I did want to get to this. Let me pull this up real quick, David, because Donnie sent a tweet, and uh, I thought this was pretty good. You remember, Donnie used to do the Maxpiration at MyMac.com. And I it was did, kind yeah. of uh, a beginner's, hey, this is how you do it. So uh, he sent this, and it says, Maxpiration tip. Oh, I got a little gas thing going on now. Uh If you have to restore your iPhone and start as a new phone, take screenshots of your screens and folders before wiping so you know what apps you had installed some of you some you will decide to keep off some of you will need to yeah, some you will need and forget to install that 's a great tip right there
1: well, well, well my my iphone eight i um, I set up as a new phone rather than uh, rather migrate over and um, that, that's that 's kind of what I did though I, I actually made it a, a, Paper list, rather than take the screenshot. screenshots. Screenshots. <laughs> was take a screenshot and then just email it to yourself if you've got it on the computer. Yeah, I, w- I wish I thought of that. I kind of write wrote a list down, but
0: yeah, well, that fantastic tip, Donnie. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully somebody out there listening. And that's not just iPhone. That's anything, any Android, whatever. Take screenshots of of what your phone looks like, and the maybe more importantly, the settings. You know, get in there and take the pictures of the settings because maybe you've got uh, an app on there that you don't even remember what the hell the the settings were like, oh, what was the password? Well, you you can't take a screenshot of passwords, but you can always take a screenshot of... Uh, oh, what are you sending me now? What is 30 that?
1: 30 bucks for a, a, a flashback in television. Oh, I've got the flashback. I've got the flashback. Have I'm got, talking about the oh, original. you got a fl- You got a flashback in television? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got one of those. Yeah? I've got the flashback uh, Coleco, and I've got like five of the flashback Atari's. I'm talking about the real well, the actual
1: yeah, I know that I, But yeah. if you want to play the games, play the flashback well I, I didn't know they've i I've didn't even know they did a, a flashback of the I've Calico got
0: every Vision. television game in history on my uh retro pie i don't I don't need that, I just buy the flashbacks because they look cool, tiny little i mean they're decoration and if anything for me
1: I'm gonna have to get ColecoVision because I always wanted one so. <laughs> Pretty cheap. I must get myself We'll a, see. Uh, we'll see if well, you They're probably cheap over there. I doubt they're cheap here. No. If they're even available.
0: I've got an extra one, so the next time you're in the states, remind me, and I'll bring okay. it with me, and I will give All you right. some of my okay. uh, duplicate games. All right, cool. we're gonna wrap this show up. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you in a week. See you then.